0: you can worry if you want to you can cry if you are scared you can direct all your energy at being more prepared for a journey that had started so very long ago or you can focus on the learning and let your spirit grow you can focus on the learning and Your spirit grow Welcome
1: And as best you can experience Welcome. What good is the concept? Welcome without the experience. Welcome to Love is the Power.
0: This podcast is rooted in a self-inquiry method known as the work of Byron Katie and Tom is a certified facilitator of the work. You'll be hearing a dyad, triad, group or guided meditation today.
1: As you follow along, you're encouraged to do the best you can to experience for yourself what's being shared
0: thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoy this episode
2: I don't know, see what this sounds like. Um, We're selling our house. Mm. And the house, not this one, but the one we were in before. And there's a curious thing, it's not really, it's just an issue about money. Like how much, I don't even know what the question is, so I better think about it, but there's some question about how much money matters, how much doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Well I like uh like Katie one definition I heard of money that supposedly Katie said was um money is what shows up when you need something.
2: <laughs> so Got it. But that's it.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so, how much is is enough? Uh, there's no amount that's enough. If it's if it's um, if you believe there's some, if you believe your safety, security, happiness, well-being is dependent on it, then there, then there's no amount that is enough. Yeah. I have a friend who's worth. He doesn't even know how much he's worth, you know, 50, between 50 and 100 million. And he still worries about money. So now, of course, you know, if you're, if you can't buy food, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you, and some money comes in, that's a good thing. Yeah. But most of us are not in that situation, so. But I, you know, I, I love um, I love noticing the stories that you know we tell ourselves the habitual stories around money. But I, you know, especially especially noticing how often we'll tell ourselves we don't have enough money. Um, you know, like, uh, and it comes up, you know, just window shopping or thinking about a trip or. Um, but often we'll say, I don't have enough money when in reality, we do have enough money or credit to to buy the thing we're looking at or to take the trip we're thinking about. At least I noticed that with me, how often I was saying I don't have enough money when in reality, I did have enough if I really wanted to do that thing or really wanted to buy it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, that shifted for me <clears throat> where I stopped making myself a victim with stories like that in relation to money, and then at some point I was doing the work and and I just looking at my experience with money over the years, and and I've had you know many ups and downs, uh, you know from having a car repossessed and having to sell a home. Uh, to having more than enough. So lots of different scenarios. But one time I was doing the work and reviewing my experience with money and I saw I always had enough every single moment and that there was always a flow, a flow in, a flow out, flow in, a flow out. And uh, the image I got was like a cistern, you know, like a water holding tank and and sometimes it was full as it's flowing in and flowing out and sometimes it was would just flow in and out but there was always a flow. And when I saw that image, I just completely relaxed around money and and, and so that's been years that I haven't really thought about money. Um, in in a scarcity kind of way, in a in a victim relationship way, you know. Uh, but to me, it comes down to, you know, money represents love and support or to me love and support are synonymous so if i believe i can be kicked out of love i also believe i can be kicked out of support i can if i believe i can lose love i also believe i can lose support
2: It's funny because after the work that we did up at Abercorn with you, um, you know, we ended up buying a bigger house, and you know, got things that we both wanted out by doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, are you guys doing okay? Still eating? And
2: yeah, Bob's yeah, we're doing great. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Oh, I—I'll I, show you guys. I have to show this. Look at this. There we oh. go. That's part of my abundance. <laughs> yeah.
1: Are those out of the garden?
2: These specific ones are out of my daughter's garden, which is ten minutes away. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Hey, yeah, so the the daffodils are blooming, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Everything. we're going. We're going into winter here.
2: <laughs> really?
1: Yep.
3: <laughs> I mean, uh, with, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, with um, money, I I'm I'm quit my job um, just before Easter, and this has happened several times where I um, quit a job before finding a new one so when i'm unemployed in the meantime um the money quest like i f- i think about money with the thought i need a job yeah and um and it's really my mind is so fast at running into a couple of months you know it's like i get to the point where i think yeah okay i'm okay now i've got i've got savings or whatever but it's <laughs> like um it's just like trying to drag it back from the three months down the line this that it, and it just happens like um I don't know I guess speeding yeah. Th- <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the speed of thought
3: <laughs> like yeah. you
1: picture you picture uh, like destitute broke
3: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um
1: not finding and- a job
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, Staying, you know, being with my parents, but, um, but also just having people, uh, not saying it, but I'm imagining they're thinking like, well, why did you quit your other job before finding a new one, you know? Oh, uh, yeah,
1: amazing. <laughs> you know, we're more afraid of what people think than poverty.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: You know, I'm okay with being broke and on the streets, but oh my God, what are people going to think?
3: Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. They're going to think I'm an idiot.
3: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've so got no like common sense for, yeah, how the modern world works and, like, applying for jobs before you quit the last one.
1: Yeah. So this is the third time you've quit a job before you had another one?
3: Oh, like, I don't know. You no, know, probably, like, the fifth or sixth time.
1: Fifth or sixth time. <laughs> okay.
3: I've never i never applied for a job whilst in a job.
1: <laughs> okay, so has it worked yeah. at the other? Has it worked the other times?
3: Oh, in getting another job? Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it matters what people think of you. Is it true?
3: Huh. Hmm.
1: Yes. And what's your proof?
3: Probably just the, uh, um, just like really feeling uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, a feeling.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So that uncomfortable feeling. Does it? Is it absolute proof that it matters what people think of you? Does it actually prove that it matters what people think of you?
3: no no no
1: have you ever have you ever thought you were going to be late to a meeting and ended up getting there on time (laughs) yes and while you were believing you were late did it feel true yes
3: yeah yeah Yes. So the
1: the feeling proves we believe it's true,
4: Mm.
1: not that it is true. Mm. So do you have any? Do you have any other proof (laughs) that it matters what people think of you?
3: Um. Only that, uh, if they don't like me, then they won't help me. <laughs> uh
5: huh. Um.
1: Okay, so your support, your support uh, depends on what people think of you. Being supported in this existence depends on what people think of you. Do you do you know that for sure? Do you know for sure that's how support works in the universe? Mm. That you're being supported depends on what people think of you.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't know
1: that. Okay. No, I don't know that. Yeah, then just let that in. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know for sure. That, that's how mm. it works.
3: Yeah. I'm thinking of being too young to know what, being too young to um, think about what other people are thinking about me, and I was obviously supported. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Yeah, where you're parents ever angry with you upset with you yeah (laughs) and was dinner on the table anyway
3: (sighs) Mm. oh my god yeah 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 oh god yeah yeah oh my god yeah and so many i'm thinking of like different times when friends have been annoyed at me for different reasons and they've still uh like been my friend and done you know nice things for me and all that kind of stuff oh my god yeah. yeah yes yeah i can see that yeah
1: so your support in the universe depends on what people think of you How do you react? What happens when you really believe this?
3: I think it's pretty much what I've been doing my whole life. (laughs) Um, um, I, I try really like hard at work to give the impression that i'm like Im- invaluable <laughs> and and uh just this perfect um perfect employee and it's it's horrible it's really horrible
1: yeah, um, and how, how do you experience people you know how do you treat them as in as in how do you experience them when You really believe your support depends on what they think of you.
5: Hmm.
3: I don't think I do. Like. I'm not taking in them. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So, do you experience people as friendly when you believe your support depends on what they think of you?
3: Some people, like obviously, like some people are just really friendly and lovely. Um, uh, But I don't even um, look to really see them, Mm -hmm. if they are or not, when I'm thinking that, yeah.
1: So, bottom line, does this belief cause peace or stress?
3: Yeah, it's massively stressful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, in reality you're free to hold on to this story that your support depends on what people think of you mm. and right now in this moment are you interested in holding on to the story
3: no
1: mm-hmm. Now allow the story to unravel all by itself. And as best you can, just experience who or what you are when you're no longer interested in this story. Your support depends on what people think of you.
3: was the question (laughs) sorry
1: that's okay yeah so uh, as best you can just experience who or what you are when you're no longer interested in this story your support depends on what people think of you who would you be what would you be without that story
3: be I would be so much more normal I would move at like a slower pace I think
1: okay so let's go back to the original the original way we phrased it so it matters what people think of you is that true
3: seeing the whole like um web of thoughts of what i think they might be thinking
4: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. and then um with all of that going on and then the like way that then i try to behave to counteract that or to oppose that from happening (laughs) and it's just completely clouds out um being able to actually just see what's happening.
1: (laughs) Have you ever actually experienced someone else's thoughts? No. (laughs) So it matters what people think of you. (laughs) Is that true? In as deeply as you can. Now, just notice how you react. What happens when you really believe it matters? what people think of you.
3: It feels like very um, tightly wound.
4: Mm. Mm.
1: So when when you believe this story, it matters what people think of you. Does it feel like you're allowed to be yourself?
3: No. No. No, no. <sighs> <laughs> I was just thinking I had to give my address today, um, and I, I live in Wales, which I didn't grow up in Wales. And um, there's a there's a way I have a there's a Y in my address, and I think the proper way to pronounce it is to say like er uh, rather than Y. And mm. even just giving my address over to the phone to this uh, woman, I was like embarrassed about not pronouncing it right. <laughs> And I thought no i can't i i can't i don't I can't properly pronounce it. I should just say why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even though I know it's wrong, yeah <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what the thought does, yeah, it matters what people think of me, mm. not allowed to be ourselves not not allowed to be just the way we are, yeah.
3: Hmm. Ah, oh, because then it's also like I see all of the um, all when I was thinking about being at work and just being more natural, not worrying what people thought. I then also saw all of the, um, obviously, all of the judgments about all of the other people who have been like natural. What I thought was yes. lazy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right.
1: How dare they allow themselves to just be natural.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Likewise, all those people who who move to places where they can't pronounce things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. So who would you be? If you just didn't believe this at all, what would you be? If you didn't believe this at all, that it matters what people think of you.
4: Mm.
2: Mm.
3: I actually think I'd be um, quieter
2: mm.
3: I can see how like I've especially when I was younger like in my 20s um, felt like I've almost reacted to get against this without knowing that I was feeling it and then become more uh, like quirky or more whatever as like a push against it mm. but um Yeah, I'd be quieter.
1: Mm. So turn that thought around, it matters what people think of you.
3: It doesn't matter what people think of me.
1: Just consider it, try it on as an experience.
5: Mm.
1: Could it be true?
3: because I don't know what they're thinking anyway.
1: Yeah. That's, that's one example.
5: Mm.
1: Doesn't matter what people think of me. I've never, never actually experienced what someone else has thought.
3: Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. The whole thing of judgments that I'm trying to live against my own judgments.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, this is how um, you can begin to see all disapproval is self disapproval.
3: Yeah,
1: because well, any judgment we carry, even when it's aimed at other people, like this turnaround, it's like oh if I'm judging other people I'm I'm living in a world where I'm I'm not free to show up that way
3: yes yeah
1: without receiving my own judgment
3: yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah I have to I have to live by those standards (laughs) yeah oh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh. They're so like totalitarian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
3: Mm. Yeah, I can already see that. Mm.
5: Wow.
1: So, do you see another way to turn it around? It matters what people think of you?
3: it matters what I think of other people. Um, Yes, yes, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, Because that's like the kind of, if if I'm judging them, then that's like a gauntlet that I'm putting down at a later date for myself. (laughs) The trap kind of thing that I'm just gonna, yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah.
1: Okay, see if um mm-hmm. see if another example comes to you of how this turnaround's true.
3: This is- Um, because I treat them differently based on what I think about them. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, obviously, sometimes it's very nice. But yeah, it's so true. Oh, my God. Hmm. Mm, that's a really big
2: one
3: mm-hmm. for me. Mm. So I treat them. Mm. Yeah, that's really big. Yeah.
1: Okay, and uh, one more turnaround. Uh, turn around to yourself?
3: Um, It matters what I think of myself. Could
1: that be true? (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, It matters recognizing as well, what I'm thinking about myself. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as far as liberation mm. from the thinking, it matters.
3: Um, the recognition what, what matters.
1: That? Well, okay. recognizing what I'm thinking as far as liberation from what we're thinking, it matters. Okay. The recognition Oh uh, yeah,
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, I understand, yeah.
1: But as far as um, the turnaround, it matters what I'm thinking. Whether we recognize it or not, we feel it
3: right
1: yes yes we always feel or experience what we're what we're thinking mm, mm,
4: mm.
3: right yeah yes yeah and then maybe can pick that up later mm.
1: Uh, What do you mean? Maybe pick that up later?
3: Um, Maybe if I don't know, like I just feel the emotion maybe and I don't know what I'm thinking. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And exactly the same with how I treat myself as well. Like I treat the other people based on what I think about them. Yeah. Hmm.
1: And then we'll just put all three together so it doesn't matter what other people think of me. It matters what I think of me and it matters what I'm thinking of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyone else notice anything with the, this these turnarounds that you'd like to share? Thanks, M- MG.
3: Thank you, Megan.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Megan. So, so, Ray, see your hand is up.
5: Hi, My Tom. Ray, I a, what's up? Oh, hello. Um, I had a quick question for you. So. As I'm doing the work, I'm noticing that uh, most of these beliefs go back to my childhood. And Mm -hmm. there's always some kind of, most of the time, some kind of traumatic memory. So, and generally it's with one person. Yeah. And I I guess I'm just getting tired of it in a way of like constantly, there's some kind of, every single time I do the work, it seems like some kind of trauma comes up. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if there's... I don't know what to do about it or if there's anything to even do about it.
1: Well, um, one way to be free of trauma is to um, do the, and that means that list. So like, do you have an example that we could work with?
5: Um, I got I to gotta leave the call in about 10 minutes. So probably shouldn't. <laughs>
1: well no we can just go over the 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 that'll work okay we don't have to go yeah so
5: just an event so okay
1: uh doesn't have to be charged just one that you have seen already
5: so i think i struggle with uh with silence and feeling like i can be silent so one thing i noticed is um like an image of feeling like I, I was followed by someone. So I, I was either required to respond or required to not respond. There was an obligation um, to be quiet or to speak up and there was nowhere for me to go. I would be followed from room to room until I answered in the appropriate way. So that's a, that's a memory or a traumatic image for me.
1: Okay, so look at that image being followed room to, room to room, from room to room until you responded so now feel be aware of the trauma however that shows up so first the memory then aware of the trauma that goes with it and as best you can welcome the sensation of trauma you don't even have to label it Just let it in. And let me know when it feels like you're able to let it in.
5: Yeah, it feels like shaking.
1: Okay. So now invite the shaking to tell you what this experience means that now it's it's shaky. So that experience means what? That now you're shaking.
5: I'm really scared.
1: Yeah. So that's the shaking. So what? what's the meaning that is the cause of the fear? This experience means what? That now you're scared and shaking. Mm-hmm.
5: There's nowhere to run, there's nowhere yep. to go. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and then what else, see if there's more meaning.
5: I hate this, I hate the experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so under what's underneath the hate?
5: Extreme fear, like so much fear in there.
1: Yep, so now see if you can discover the meaning. Like, Like if you really welcome the fear, according to the fear, this experience means what? That now there's a lot of fear. What's the meaning that goes with the fear? That is the actual cause of the fear.
5: Mm. i don't know i i can't hmm
1: okay so let's let's try it again so picture that scenario walking from room to room somebody's following you and and they just continue following you until you answer to you respond okay so now the reaction the internal reaction is a lot of fear. and hate, that's the reaction. So welcome the fear, welcome the hate. In this experience, what does it mean? What's the meaning? That the result is fear and hate. The result of the meaning
5: It's that I must comply.
1: Yeah, I must comply. Okay, so now, and what's the fearful part? That would probably be the the hateful part. I must comply. The fearful part, what's it believing?
5: Or like punishment or as a little kid, death. Yeah, I'm gonna be punished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna be punished again. It's like a, it's looking mm-hmm. back at the past and it's seeing like screaming, hitting, insults, like humiliation. So mm. yeah, okay. seeing all that.
1: Yeah. So look at. Yeah, so now, so that's how to work with um, any, any negative memory, actually, that revisits. What keeps it coming back is the, all the meaning we put on the experience. So if you, anytime a painful or traumatic memory shows up, if you take the time to get in touch with the feelings let them in, and then discover all the meaning. And then you work that list, and eventually those memories will stop coming back. Okay. Yeah. So now, is it true that you, you've you ever, ever once been punished?
4: Hmm.
1: And I, and I realize you need to go pretty soon, so
5: yeah.
1: we just stop at any time. But, but you can question that one, that you've ever been punished. And we've all been, like, hit, spanked, you know, uh, locked in our room, you know, no supper, all, you know, all kinds of things that we call punishment.
5: I guess I wonder what is the definition of punishment. (laughs) Exactly, that's what's hitting me with that question. Is like uh, because I I think through the work I can see that somebody did something, something happened, and then I suffered. Like I I believe something and I suffered. So
1: well, you know, like so say they beat me, you know, uh, so I experienced the physical pain, but. The lasting pain is the belief in punishment. That I believe uh-huh. I was punished when well, now I have a concept of the world in which I can be punished.
5: Yeah, I'm noticing unfair punishment too. That's like the worst. The worst. <laughs> yeah. And there, I'm that's, that's it.
1: what'll bring up the hatred you know, where we start hating injustice. But I believe in injustice, unfair punishment. But first I believe in punishment, then unfair punishment, which means I agree with punishment.
5: Oh, I didn't so know,
1: okay. Now, yeah, so now I'm, I'm part of the world that, you know, thinks punishment is, first of all, that it's real and that it's necessary.
5: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Fair punishment and unfair punishment.
5: (laughs) I didn't even realize I was living in that world. I didn't even notice.
1: Okay. But as long as I believe in punishment, then I have to live in fear of doing something wrong and being punished, being found out.
5: Hmm. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah.
5: Well, thank you, Tom. Oh, <laughs> thank you're you, so everyone. Great. Yay. I'll have to go. I'll talk to you later.
1: Okay. Bye,
5: Annie. Bye.
1: Um, Deborah, what's
6: up? Hi. <laughs> yeah. uh, you asked before um, from the facilitation you were doing. Oh, yeah. With MG. Um, What we discovered, because I I worked along with that as a someone who's always been really worried about what other people think. Yeah. Um, I discovered and I keep discovering this is kind of a work in progress is that what I judge in others that I don't like or that Mm -hmm. I you know want to keep distance from that I you know want to reject it's really the things in myself that I don't want to acknowledge
2: mm-hmm. that I
6: don't want to it's like and it's funny because I realized and you know, that the first people that I judged were my parents you know as a little kid all the traits you know like oh, I don't want to you know, you hear that, that expression, I don't want to be my parents. Yep. And I, boy, did I not want to be my parents. And yep. yet I notice that traits that I don't know that um, I don't like, that I've wanted to avoid being like. Yeah. It's scary how many of them I like, <laughs> keep finding in myself. You know it's like whoa
1: <laughs> and so
6: I can see why there's and, and I, I guess it's starting to make sense why I would be so it's, it's like so intensely this trait someone else if it's something I don't want in myself mm-hmm. kind of makes sense
1: yeah you know, anything, anything we actively don't want to be, don't want to experience or be, we're actively in relationship with that. Yeah. The moment I'm open to being just like my parents, then we're no longer in relationship with. any of those things.
6: I think that's why it took such a long time to really loosen and and to the point of the victim story because I saw that so much in my mom that I you know was like I was gonna do everything I could to not be like that and yet that was my go-to.
1: And, um, and what was it? Uh, your mom did the victim thing? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I
6: had I'm... a great teacher for that. And you know, I took on, I, I realized how many beliefs. You know, there's a lot of things about my father, too, that I wanted to avoid. And I realized that those beliefs weren't even mine. I took them on as mine. Mm-hmm. And I've spent, I, it seems like I've spent the whole of my life trying to avoid being like them.
1: <laughs> yeah, so just try on, um, you know, the number six. I'm willing, I look forward to being just like mom and dad. I'm open to being just like mom and dad. But to experience it, even just for a moment, being willing, looking forward to, open to being just like them.
6: And in that, I see that it's already happening. I mean, it it seems unavoidable. I don't
1: look at the past. Just oh. be open right now.
6: Right
1: now. Oh no, right now, just experience being open, completely open to be, you know, willing, look forward to open, to being just like mom and dad. And what would it be like right now in this moment if you were completely open to that?
6: Getting in the way is that I've. Blamed them for all the problems I have now. Mm. You know, it feels like, um, yeah. And and, and, and I'm <laughs> and I want to. You know, I've been dropping that. I've been realizing more and more that that story and that blaming mm-hmm. them gives me nothing. Absolutely nothing.
1: Nope, oh, it just. Gets you doing the uh, victim thing that your mom did so well.
6: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the minute that's right, because if you if there's somebody who's a perpetrator, you've got to be a victim.
1: They go Have together. one
6: without the other. So, I I get that.
1: Okay, so what are you afraid would happen? So the so the invitation is to just actually experience being open to being just like mom and dad just just to see what it's like and just in the moment without going into the future
6: yeah it's it's like it's hard to imagine, actually. I think hard I've imagine. It- yeah,
1: well, don't imagine, just experience oh, that's being right.
6: open. I, that's true. Oh, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what I've been fighting is what I imagine it'll be like.
1: That's right. I've never that's
6: actually experienced.
1: Experience being open. Oh,
6: nope.
1: shoot. But, yeah, oh, my we, gosh. <laughs> yep, yeah, we future trip ourselves and, and rob ourselves of the experience of the openness that we are. I love the number six, but, you know, for me, I, love, I really like the word open for the number six. But who and what we are without our story is open. And so it's this invitation, the number six invitation, invitation—is it can take us directly oh, to who we with, are.
6: Yeah, without imagining.
1: Yeah, just experience being open. Without willing.
6: imagining, I can't even feel it.
1: Yeah. It's gone. The moment we're open, it's gone.
6: Because I can only imagine what it feels like. I can't actually feel it's imagined. You know, that's something else that brings to mind is I think a lot of times, rather than actually experiencing what I'm feeling, I'm describing it or having thoughts about feeling is, or what it's supposed to feel Mm -hmm. like, like, describing the experience rather than actually having it.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, it's
6: like, it goes so mental, so much
1: thought. Yeah, well, you know, the imagination is so powerful, you know, so we imagine, you know, we have an image, a story, and a feeling, but we'll imagine... Being homeless, as an example, like, say, you know, maybe we have a fear around money. And because of that fear around money or beliefs about money, we because of the beliefs, we imagine losing all our money and becoming homeless. But not only do we imagine losing all our money and becoming homeless, we imagine exactly how we would feel, how how horrible we would feel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah and then <laughs> we experience it now
6: oh my gosh
1: and That's so right. so way. what i'm
6: trying to avoid i'm actually bringing I, it's like i've been
1: so anything i it. actively don't want to experience i clearly imagine it and but especially what it would feel like
5: and
6: then i'm having that experience
1: and which reinforces i don't want to experience it which Makes the imagination and the feeling even stronger, <laughs> and it and it instantly breaks the moment we actually experience being open, willing.
6: So, if I'm imagining what something will, will feel like, let's say I assume that being out on the street, I'd feel very frightened. Alone, being Yeah, good. Vulnerable. Let's use that
1: as an example. Okay. So you know I don't ever want to be homeless. But of course what we mean is I don't ever want to be homeless and feel the way I imagine I would feel if I was I mean homeless. I
6: have pictures of of being beaten and being you know very vulnerable because there's no yeah.
1: Yeah, and but so, you also have images of how it would feel. It'd be scary, it'd be Yeah, you know, a lot of really bad feelings with the imagery okay so now Aww. so now what happened what happens with the number six is people will you know it's like i'm not going to open up to that because i'll experience it but wow. it, because i'm not open to it i'm already experiencing it You know, we're in, whatever we actively don't want to experience. We're in relationship with it. Yeah. And so now, the mind's been scaring us with ideas of homelessness. But but again, mostly what it really scares us with is how we're going to feel when we're homeless. <laughs> like we're going to feel really, really miserable. We don't imagine happy and homeless. We imagine misery.
6: Yeah. And, and that the misery will be too much, unbearable, uh-huh. and it'll well, unbearable. Be forever. It'll...
1: That's right, unbearable misery forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like I'm not going to open up to that. And so we don't, we don't, we don't try on the experience of being willing, looking forward to, as in open. But yeah. like right now, just experience being open. to being just like mom and dad.
6: Without imagination, I can't. I mean, I can't even feel it. I mean, it's like I I can only go there if I tell stories.
1: The moment you're open, you're done with the imagination the moment you open the moment you actually open up once you're open to it it's over until it actually shows up in your life
6: <laughs> can I try that can I try that with that other one with the home thing because it uh-huh. just it just feels it just seems kind of unbelievable that i
1: could. yeah that it could be so simple
6: yeah <laughs> I mean, I realize the only thing I'm opening up to is the experience. It's not actually happening.
1: Yeah. You just, but... you just yeah, So now, just experience being open to being homeless. Miserable forever. And you're just open. I can only do it when I
6: pull in the pictures and the stories. If I have to stay in this moment, if I can't drag in past or future, I honestly can't do
1: it. It's gone. The moment we open, it's gone.
6: My question would be how do I stay in (laughs) the moment? It seems like such a it seems like such an automatic you know future or past but mostly future
1: well the mind is we've basically we've trained the mind how to cause us fear and contraction we've trained the mind as to what works as far as causing fear contraction holding on
6: so it's just a habit
1: yep Oh. and the and the one of the fastest ways to break the habit is every time the mind shows you something that causes you to focus in and contract in fear is to open up be open to whatever it's showing you just experience being open willing as an open that yeah. that seems so obvious
6: and so simple and good but- thought is arising that I won't remember
1: you know, uh, that it'll
6: happen I won't remember okay so now
1: be open to not remembering <laughs> this the mind the mind's like oh I know how to get her back I <laughs> just tell her you're, you're gonna you're gonna forget
6: Oh man I've trained remember. this mind well oh.
1: yep so now what happens the moment you're open to forgetting? We forget about forgetting.
6: (laughs) That's exactly what happened.
1: I forgot about the the fear
6: of forgetting. I forgot about
1: it. It's gone. The moment I'm open to it, it's gone. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. But to me, it's open, willing, open. It's a quality of who and what we are without our story. And the way, the way I would phrase it is who and what we are without our story is the solution to every nightmare, every problem. <laughs> Thanks, Deborah.
6: Thank you.
1: <laughs> Abby. Abby. You had your hand raised.
6: Yes,
4: oh, I had a few things going through my mind, so now I'm not sure that my brain will work in a linear fashion. I'll try. Um,
1: Do the best it, you can.
4: Yeah, it's it started with um, Ray talking about the getting in trouble thing, which yeah. I'm noticing has been just like crushing, um, and mm-hmm. I notice it in almost every moment. Um, But what is, and I think this is kind of related to it. Um, What I, my dog, um, like, basically killed a raccoon this morning and. um, Wow. Yeah, he's done. Raccoons are tough. Yeah, he, and he didn't. He didn't, usually he kills them outright. This one was still sort of breathing when he dropped it. Yeah, he's, he's, he kills stuff and gets me in trouble. So So Um,
1: you've been, you're in trouble, is that true? Who who are you in trouble with?
4: Well, yeah. God. Was, no, yeah, I don't know, cause like right after I was like, oh my god, somebody's gonna be pissed at me. But what happened
1: right? Well, after, most of the neighbors are not gonna be pissed that a raccoon got killed.
4: No, you're right.
1: Um, so it must be God.
4: I think I think it must be because. Um, what i saw was like the suffering of this animal it's like was really upsetting to me yeah um yeah and then and then i thought it was like the same thing when i was talking about okay so look at
1: that animal look at that animal yeah and then so there's compassion for the suffering yeah and then notice what happens when the moment you believe i'm in trouble what happens to the compassion
4: um it's <sighs> yeah, it, it gets convoluted, yeah I, yeah, and I, I just I guess I kind of feel like somebody's gotta we actually you know, I think something that jumped out a little bit, um, was that if that can happen to that raccoon, that could happen to me, like there's no reason why you know, I think maybe it comes down to suffering somewhere like i I don't know where to I don't know how to process
1: okay, so does it make sense to suffer over the possibility of suffering?
4: Oh. No.
1: Okay, so look at this world of punishment, condemnation, I'm in trouble. So do you know for sure that there's this thing called punishment and condemnation that we love to believe in as humans? Do you know for sure that it is actually reality there's you can be in trouble as in punished i
4: think i'm using the raccoon as proof like that raccoon is like that's punishment he got he was like suffering
1: yeah he was he was Probably in physical pain, but I yeah. doubt he was suffering the way humans suffer. I doubt he was over there going, geez, I'm being punished for uh, you know getting in the garbage cans the other night. I knew it was wrong. I went in the garbage cans anyway. Now I'm getting punished. So I doubt he she was suffering in the way that you imagine. Because there's, there's physical pain <clears throat> and then there's this suffering, like I'm being punished, I deserve it, I've done something wrong, I'm in trouble. You know, and I'm, pain is being inflicted on me as a punishment. And that, that kind of pain is more of a soul pain. The physical pain is enough, like that we add in you know what you might call a psychological, emotional, soul soul kind of pain. I'm being punished. I could be punished and caused to suffer. mean that's that's the punishment, suffering. I can be kicked out of love and put into a place where suffering is inflicted upon me.
5: Yeah.
1: But that's the world of this belief in punishment. You know, trouble, I can be in trouble, punished. So do you know for sure this punishment thing, this condemnation and punishment thing, actually exists, is reality?
5: No.
4: No feels like it and i'm believing it it
1: does because you believe it
4: yeah so no
1: that's how it works (laughs) yeah so how do you react what happens when you really believe in punishment and condemnation that's that's like a fundamental law of creation punishment and condemnation condemnation and punishment
4: i don't want to walk out the door yeah
1: it's like i don't even want to move
4: I don't like. I don't want to make any decision because it's going to lead to something happening that's going to be bad. And yeah,
1: because so much is out of my control.
4: And yet, I think that somehow I should have made a different decision. Like that, I do have some weird sense of control in retrospect.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because we didn't do something, right? Uh, you know, we either have to control everything, or at least do the right thing at the exact right time to prevent anything bad from happening.
4: But I don't know how to do that, so I don't want to go out the door.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But the mind will go, "Well, you could have kept the dog in.
4: I could have gone at, like left earlier on my trip. I could have done this. I could have. I mean, it's just like
1: so many things you could have done, and dog wouldn't have been and wouldn't have met the raccoon."
4: Should have trained him differently. I should have raised him this way. I should have done that. It's yeah. It's it goes.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that's the world we live in when we believe in condemnation and punishment.
4: Very very heavy feeling, and I just like want to get away from it. It's actually kind of it's like that kind of feeling that's so heavy. I just I don't want to even be alive you
1: know it's, yeah they'll want to live uh-uh. you know it's like uh, <laughs> if God came to you and said here I've created this amazing world but um, you know one one catch there's this thing called condemnation and punishment and if anything goes wrong that's even remotely close to you you might get condemned and punished and the punishment is severe with would you be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sign me up for that world, God. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's like, no, don't want to be here.
4: Now I'm seeing it everywhere. I don't know how to get myself out of it.
1: Well, is it true that condemnation and punishment is real? That it actually exists?
4: Not unless I go into my imagination. No,
1: so just as an experiment, not forever. Who would you be right now in this moment if you had you didn't believe at all in this thing called condemnation and punishment? You who who would you be without the story of condemnation and punishment? You
4: gotta be free.
1: Yeah, free to be yourself. (laughs) Free to just be yourself.
4: I feel like, you know, it's interesting. I feel like all the fatigue that I experienced would be gone. I don't know if that's true, but it just feels like it.
1: Well, it's it's this belief in punishment and condemnation. It's a huge energy drain. Yeah we're braced against life all the time yeah braced against ourself against yeah. life against anything wrong happening
4: yeah. feels like the fattest no to life yep I can a advise. lot of energy
1: yeah. to maintain that no oh
4: my god yeah it feels totally different without it
1: So according to Vernon Howard, another crisis is the uneasiness of condemnation. There is no one in the entire world who condemns you. You yourself are the only person who condemns you and pointlessly. In reality, there is no condemnation, whatever. But as long as you think there is, you ache. Not only that, but a person dwelling with the illusion of condemnation is compulsively driven to do things that increase the the illusion. There is no person, nor God, nor past experience that condemns you. You are free. And you are free right now. So, in the morning, you can ask yourself, could it be, in reality, there is no condemnation or punishment? And if you notice being open to the possibility, then you can set the intention for the day. Well, today just going to do the best I can to live as if it's true. There's no such, there's no actual, there is no such thing as condemnation and punishment. Those are imagination. Those are stories. They're not reality. And I'm going to do the best I can to live as if that's the truth. And then just see how the day goes. but you could say you've been experimenting with living as if punishment and condemnation were true or real as a path to safety. Yeah. And, of course, safety is not the ultimate, as a path to safety so that I could actually enjoy my life.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I've been experimenting.
1: Thanks, Abby.
4: Thank you.
1: Yeah. Okay, friends. Thank you for gathering. And um, as of right now, we'll meet again next Wednesday. And uh, weekends are in my new life, weekends are off. So for now, no Sundays.
4: Got it. Thank you. Thank you, Tom.
1: Thanks, everyone. Thank you so
6: much. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Life is lived in lessons, each lesson's got its theme They keep circling back for you until you start to see Where you forgot you were, connected with everything It's okay, we all do it too, it just takes remembering it's okay we all do it too it just takes remembering that love is what we're all here for it's the only score we're keeping so settle yours love is what we're all here for it's the only score we're keeping so settle yours you can do all of the things you can play all of the parts you can make a mess of everything or score off all the charts but when you reach the end and you think that you have died you do it all again, you will do it all again, you will do it all again, until love is satisfied.
2: The views and opinions expressed on the
0: Tom podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Byron Katie, nor the intent of her self-inquiry method known as The Work. For more information on Byron Katie, please visit thework.com. If you wish to learn more about Tom, a certified facilitator of The Work, and the podcast's
2: eponym, please visit theworkwithtom.com.